When was the last time you sneaked a peek at a device or an account that wasn't yours? I'm Elaine Casket with This Is Your Life on Tech, a Monday micro-podcast to help you live better and more mindfully with, through, and alongside all that technology. In my psychotherapy practice, I've seen a fair number of couples over the last 15 years, and almost all of them presented to my office, at least in part, because of something somebody saw on a phone. Often it wasn't the case that the phone had just been handed over for inspection. The mode of discovery was usually more surreptitious and secretive than that. A decade or so ago, I think I referred to this phenomenon as intimate partner hacking or snooping. Now we live in an electronic panopticon. All of us are the watchers and all of us are the watched. There are many observers, many stakeholders, governments, law enforcement, corporations, advertisers, and some of the people keeping tabs on us are our partners, our spouses. These days, we call it intimate partner surveillance, otherwise known as the spy who loved me. Intimate partner surveillance is usually an attempt to reduce anxiety and discomfort. If you're feeling unsure about your relationship, Maybe you think delving into your significant other's phone or laptop will make you feel grounded again, will manage your worry, give you reassurance. But, assuming you don't find anything, will your electronically mediated snooping really put your fears to rest? Like many of the habits and guidelines that simply evolve within relationships without us talking about them, rules about accessing each other's personal devices and information are often unspoken. They're learned through trial and error. In the early days of a relationship, someone might break a tacit rule they didn't realize existed, looking at personal communications on a phone that the other didn't intend to share, for example. If the owner of the phone reacts with anger and upset, it's clear that the couple has failed to coordinate the rules they each carry about their personal information. In Communications Privacy Management Theory, or CPM, The tension that's churned up as a result is called boundary turbulence, or privacy turbulence. The hurt, anger, mistrust, and distancing that can happen with boundary turbulence is sometimes strong enough to derail a relationship, but it doesn't always have a negative outcome. If the couple ends up having a conversation that leads to them understanding and respecting one another's boundaries better, that's positive. But if the person whose privacy has been violated doubles down on their barriers and withdraws, leaving the other person feeling even more suspicious and shut out, that's unlikely to improve relationship quality. It isn't always an early relationship mistake, though. Within longer-standing intimate relationships, we often understand the rules and expectations around privacy perfectly well, but we still sometimes violate the boundaries, breaching a partner's privacy barriers in the hope they won't find out. When we disregard an intimate partner's boundaries like this, it's not because we don't care about them or the relationship, necessarily. Often, it's because we care so much that whether it's justified or not, we fear losing them. To safeguard the relationship, we engage in behaviors that 
could end up contributing to hurting or even destroying it. And for those who engage in covert surveillance, it usually doesn't work to make them feel better. Like so many of the tactics we deploy to try and reduce anxiety, the attempted solution makes things worse. People who delve into their partner's phones often think it's a reasonable coping tool, especially if it puts their uncertainties to rest. But particularly for people approaching their snooping with general, vague fears, not knowing what they're looking for, but seeking to check out if they have anything to worry about, they often encounter only ambiguity that raises more questions. Situations of love and commitment always have the specter and fear of loss on the opposite side of that coin. And discussions about this stuff are hard to broach. Maybe you always go down the same conversational patterns, perhaps always ending up in conflict. So if you can assuage fears or anxieties through surreptitious surveillance, that feels easier. As a romantic partner, maybe you've checked someone's devices when you were feeling unsure, insecure, suspicious. Did that work out well for you? If you're in the early stages of a relationship, having explicit discussions about privacy boundaries and technology is a really good idea. If you're in an established relationship, opening up to your partner if you're feeling concerned is almost always going to be a better option than intimate partner surveillance. The former, at least, gives you the chance to deepen your trust or to get better, bolder, and more skilled in your communication and to increase your emotional intimacy. Spying will never do any of that. Thanks for starting your week with This Is Your Life on Tech with me, Elaine Casket. I hope you'll listen in next Monday for another installment. In the meantime, if you're enjoying this, please subscribe now and let folks know what you think with a review or a recommendation. It helps a lot. Until next week, this is your life on tech.